Good day and welcome to today's TCS Plus podcast uh, brought to you by Arctic Wolf. Uh, I'm Brendan Haskins and I'm joined today by two gents from Arctic Wolf. We've got Jason O'Healy, uh, the regional sales manager, and Andre Den Hunt, a sales engineer for Arctic Wolf. Uh, today we're going to be talking around the current cybersecurity posture in South African businesses and finding out a little bit more around what Arctic Wolf uh, are doing in the space and getting their views and ideas of, uh, of what we're able to do together to improve cybersecurity uh, in businesses in Africa. So firstly, Jensi, if I can maybe just ask that we start off with a, a quick introduction from each of you, uh, just around who you are and your roles at, uh, at, at Arctic Wolf. Um, and then if we can jump into a brief overview um, of, of what Arctic Wolf is uh, and what it is that you do. Okay, perfect. Brendan, thanks for having us. Uh, great to be here. So I'm Jason O'Reilly. I'm head of, or heading up Arctic Wolf in South Africa, really just trying to build the ecosystem and the, the, sorry, the ecosystem around what we're doing in the market. Fantastic. Thank you. Andrew? Perfect, and I'm Andre Denhunt. I support Jason from a technical perspective, so I look after system engineering. Okay. From an Arctic Wolf perspective, I've been in system engineering for pretty much my whole career, and uh, it's an exciting change for me to be in cyber security. Okay, so you're the guy, ultimately, that's got to cash the checks. That, I've got to uh, keep Jason, Jason on. got to make those things work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. Great, thanks. Uh, could you give us a little bit of an intro as to what Arctic Wolf is or who you guys are and, and what it is that you're doing? Yeah, so Arctic Wolf is really focused around cybersecurity operations, really trying to find better ways of delivering security services to customers. So trying to make them a lot more efficient in the way they look at their security posture. But we do it in a little bit of a unique way, right? It's not around uh, de delivering a product and trying to wrap services around. It's really about focusing on delivering a service that augments their team and the existing tools and really providing value add around that but providing a full 24 by 7 service around it for the customers okay fantastic and how do you think we're doing from a security posture perspective in south africa at the moment it's an interesting question right and andre i have views as well around this but the the key thing for us is what we see in the market is in south africa traditionally i think we've been quite tactical um, and reactive in the way we approach security what we're starting to see is a lot of companies starting to become a bit more strategic and I think it's because we start to see a, a massive uptick in the amount of attacks happening in region. And what's starting to happen is businesses are starting to realize that it's becoming a lot more difficult to secure the environment. And there's multiple reasons that we'll probably talk around, but really around the amount of tools in the market, the amount of skills and struggling to find skills to actually look after a lot of their security posture and their security environment. So in South Africa, we have seen a change probably in the last eight months, so this year, We've seen customers starting to adapt and start looking at it a little bit more strategically or being a bit more proactive in the way they look at security. Correct. Okay. Uh, Andre, what kind of uh, companies do, are typically being attacked? I mean, is it, is it really just the big guys or you know, what, what, are we, what are you guys seeing? It's out across there? the board. Uh, everyone is being attacked, literally every organization out there. I mean, these, these threat actors, they don't really care who you are. Hmm. They go after every organization. Some of them are opportunistic, but some of them are very much targeted in terms of their attacks. So it's really any organization that leverages data, that works with data, and has an IT footprint of some sort, these attackers will go after them. So they really don't care. So I suppose yeah, there's no one really, not even a laundromat doesn't use technology nowadays. So really anyone's kind of open to these sort of vulnerabilities. How do you think, Jason, if we can go back to, to our past in South Africa, how do you think we compare it to, uh, how do you think we're doing compared to global uh, or to the rest of the globe? 
So, look, I think the global challenges, we have the similar challenges to what they have. I think in some aspects we have bigger challenges when it comes to skills and resources and those sort of things. We've always been trying to catch up when it comes to technology and that from a global perspective. But the biggest challenge that we have is the, the issues are the same. So for us, we've got to focus quite heavily on adapting the way we do things. So if you look at it from a global standpoint, the biggest challenges they have is around too many tools, around resources, all those. We have exactly the same challenges, but they're probably more complex and more difficult in region, considering where we are in South Africa. So I would say that the challenges are the same. The way we approach it, we're starting to become or get closer to what we're seeing globally when we talk around how do we actually build a more strategic nature when we talk around security. So I think we're getting there. I don't think we're there yet. I think it's going to take a bit of time. Okay. In terms of cyber insurance, don't you think we're a little bit more mature than probably the rest yeah. of the world in terms of cyber insurance? Good point. Specific yeah. more, more requirements are being asked for by these cyber insurers. Now, you could probably comment better than me on this, but in the US, typically they would only require a, an organization just to have an endpoint protection solution. But in South Africa, there's a lot more requirements to get cyber insurance. So not only necessarily just an endpoint protection solution, perimeter pr protection, multi-factor authentication is required. There's a lot more requirements by these cyber insurance, cyber insurers in, in order to get in mm -hmm. insurance. I suppose that could actually give you a, a relative perspective on the kind of attacks that we're probably facing. Maybe it's because insurers have been burnt a couple of times in, in probably quite advanced attacks in South Africa that they're taking that approach. That's quite interesting. So uh, from, a, from an insurance perspective, how important is it to have something like the tool set that Arctic Wolf uh, offer uh, in place to ensure that your insurance um, will, will not repudiate your claims? It's becoming a bigger issue and a bigger requirement. I mean, the premiums for insurance consistently go up, right? The, the complexity to get onto cyber insurance is even becoming a lot more complex and a lot more challenging. So for a lot of organizations, if they just have antivirus, traditionally they could get cyber insurance. They might have paid a fortune for it. But nowadays you're actually struggling to get cyber insurance. It's not easy just to get onto a cyber insurance company and get cyber insurance for your business. So you're starting to have to look at things like a 24 by 7 operation, security operation. You're starting to look at things around, like Andre said, actually having a recovery plan or an incident response plan. So all these sort of things are becoming a lot more complex. And by having a solution in place that covers a lot of that, you can actually look at reducing your cyber insurance premiums. Okay. Now, I mean, I think that that's probably a very worthwhile investment as opposed to paying for a very uh, high insurance premium. And that doesn't necessarily mean that anything's going to uh, you know, uh, benefit you there. You probably could still end up closing your business as a result mm -hmm. of a cyber attack. So I'm sure having tool sets in place is probably a far, a far better investment. But it does sound to me, and, and hopefully it's not, but it sounds like it's something that, that typically only a large enterprise could afford. What, what, what are the sort of businesses that, you are, that your product's focused on helping? Um, and and how, you know, effectively, how, how is it costed out? Yeah, so it's interesting when you talk around that. So for a lot of organizations, the large enterprise, a lot of them have their own security teams. They're trying to build their own security practice and trying to look after. But for the mid-market, medium enterprise, even the smaller customers, that's extremely difficult. Of course. Some of the biggest costs that come in that security operations or trying to build a, a SOC effectively is actually resource, people. And it's the hardest thing to find as well. So what we've seen is a lot of the time, the big organizations are quite easy to build that security practice. 
But for the smaller guys, I mean, according to what we've seen in the market, in order to have a 24 by 7 security environment, you need a minimum of eight people. I think we push it a little bit in South Africa. But the challenge that we talk around is when you start talking to customers around having a security practice in a 24 by 7 security operation, it's across the board and everyone requires it. Now, we work very closely with, we can play with the, the large enterprise where we literally augment the security team. We add value to the existing teams. But where we've seen a lot of the challenges happening and where we see a lot of customers needing a, a solution the way we deliver it is more around the small, medium, and mid-market space. Okay. We, a lot of, like you said, a lot of people think it's, it's expensive to do that. It is if you do it yourself. What we've seen and the way we approach it is we look at it, how do we provide a fully-fledged service to that organization, but at a limited cost and a more predictable costing model for those customers in the way we license the model for them. Okay, fantastic. And those, that's obviously something that you can tailor per organization to suit their needs, whether they want to pay up front or if they can only afford to pay in, in yearly increments or, or the likes. Yeah, so we've got multiple options around it. They can do, in certain instances, we'll do monthly. Mm-hmm. For a lot of customers, they want to build it into a yearly costing model. We can do a yearly costing model. But the key thing for us is when we, we scope it and we build it, it's around protecting the entire customer security environment. Okay. And that's, that's the way we build it out. The way we, we license it is, is a little bit different to what you see in the market. It's not around the amount of data they take on board and events per second because it's not predictable for a customer. It's a bit of a moving target. So a lot more predictable. We just look at the amount of users, servers, we license it, and we don't limit the company on the amount of data they send us. Okay. Now, uh, talking, getting into almost like another area of it, but the, the goal of that is we want to understand all security telemetry because that helps us build context around security. And that's why we, we address it a little bit differently to what you see in the market. I suppose the advantage for you as well is receiving all those, those additional data points from any other customers. You're able to understand more globally what these sort of new threat, threat actors are and threat vectors and help everyone uh, protect against that. Exactly. So basically we're gathering intelligence globally from all of our customers, and we feed that intelligence back into a division called Arctic Wolf Labs, okay. which is staffed by a whole bunch of uh, threat researchers, uh, data scientists, uh, as well as security engineers, and they're responsible for building intelligence back into our platform. Fantastic. So if we detect a threat within one customer, we roll out protection for that customer, and by protecting that customer, we essentially protect the entire customer base. Uh, talk to me around the technologies that you rely on inside of an organization. Um, if organizations have already invested in their own security um, uh, their own security architecture, they've put endpoint protection in place and the likes, is it something that they now, now rip out and replace, or are you able to actually tap into the, that technology and those other vendors and, and leverage off the data that they're, that they're seeing? Absolutely not. So there's no rip and replace whatsoever. So we recognize that customers have already started some form of security journey. Most of the time, it starts off protecting the endpoint, the perimeter. You know, those are the, typically the basics that we always see across all customers. But we're not there to rip and replace any tools. So we're first, of, first and foremost, we're a service offering, a complete service offering. And we're there to augment and make the existing security tools more effective in stopping cyber attacks. Okay. So it's eyes and ears all around across the security environment for customers as a service. 
So effectively, I mean, you bring in a, a cloud concept now to an overall security strategy. Companies are able to leverage off your 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 expertise and and the, the larger platform that you have mm. across all these customers. So we've got a purpose-built security operations platform that that runs in the cloud, and that essentially allows us to unify all the security telemetry data from all the existing security tools that a customer already has in place. That gets unified into our platform where it gets ingested, it gets passed, it gets enriched with an additional intelligence, and then we actively analyze that data and we look for malicious activity. Fantastic. So I've learned a whole bunch of new um, uh, acronyms, and there's always a lot of those going around in the in you know in the technology space. So SOC, I always thought was you know what keeps my feet warm. Yeah. Uh, I do have some optic wool socks somewhere uh, along the way, so I think that's quite a nice marketing thing. So so effectively, it's security operations center as a service. Uh, so I think that's a great new a new acronym for me. Tell me about CST. What is that? I've heard that in a lot of the materials that you that Optic Wolf has. What what is CST? So CST is. Something that we do, and it's quite a unique way of approaching security with a customer, it's our concierge security team. So a lot of the time when customers look at a service or they try and build something themselves, they, the effective part of the business is the 24 by 7 security environment, so the SOC. But what where customers struggle a lot of the time is around how do we build to protect ourselves for the future. So the concierge security team will team customers up with two named resources, the goal of this, these resources, they're really highly skilled. They work with the customer to understand where they are, understand the customer's environment, and help build a security journey for them. So effectively building a security strategy. What that helps the customer do is understand where they are today and where they're trying to get to and help build that roadmap or that strategy to get them there. So it's more around that proactive aspect. And the goal of this team with the customer is to continuously improve security posture which is really the goal when you talk around security. Absolutely. Okay, that's fantastic. So so not only is it detection and response, it's also now the, the additional adaption of strategies, improvement of strategies that's inside. Correct. And that's the concierge. That's so, so the SOC as a service is part of the default offering. Mm. That's, okay. that's, that's table stakes. Mm. 24 by 7 monitoring by security analysts. This concierge security team is something unique. Working with a customer on an ongoing basis to make sure their security posture constantly improves. And if a, a threat is detected, the concierge security team then works with a customer to improve security posture in that area of weakness so the threat doesn't happen again, that specific type of threat. Sure, that's fantastic. Um, I'm always reminded, and this is a, an analogy that's, that, uh, that I really like in the South African context, I do think that South Africans already have quite a security or layered security mindset because uh, we have to, just with the circumstances mm. that we live in. Um, so I'll often use the analogy in, a, in the security environment to try and explain the layers of security just in, by, by comparing what we have in our homes. And so I, see, I, I can see all the pieces kind of falling into place here, and I just wanted to position what I'm hearing and how I see Arctic Wolf potentially playing a role in that layered security um, you know, effectively in our in our homes or complexes, we've got you know, perimeter security in the in the form of boundary walls and electric fences that effectively can alert us of mm. potential intrusions. And then that's layered inside with some beams and and the likes inside of our gardens, maybe some dogs, which allows us to know if there's sort of any any uh, unexpected movement potentially um, inside the inside the perimeter. And then obviously we protect it inside of our homes by things like burglar bars and motion detectors, uh, detectors and, and, and sensors and the like. Well, I'm seeing Arctic Wolf um, in, in that analogy is effectively now the armed response or service that's plugged into all of those layers and gathering data from those layers all the time. 
um, and effectively assessing to see what's real, what isn't real, and potentially what needs to be improved, adapted. And then now with a concierge, possibly even having someone all the time uh, available to, to help walk you through how that could be made better. Do you think that's a fair, a fair e- example of... Uh, it is, and it's interesting you use that analogy because Andre and I use it quite a bit okay. right? Um, when we talk to customers because if you think about exactly that, the idea is to detect and respond quicker. That's the goal of building layers into security. Of course. Talking around the same sort of thing and the way we go about it is a lot of the time for customers... They focus on protecting certain areas of their business. Whereas we come in and we say, right, we understand, like Andre said earlier, you've got all these security tools in your environment. How do we provide broad visibility across all of them? So like you said, the armed response, it's about us understanding where there's risk and how we can identify and inoculate or protect against that risk a lot quicker. And by having integration into all these different areas, we have multiple forms of detection and investigation that we can launch to provide quicker inoculation and protection around the threat. Fantastic. I suppose each of those layers in isolation is probably relatively ineffective, but if you can tie, bring them all together um, and actually and, and let them all work, work in unison, I think that's really uh, quite a powerful So anyway, you get security context, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and and each true. of those layers are just tools at the end of the day. Exactly. You know, you need somebody to monitor the tool. Mm and do this on a 24 by 7 basis. And by covering that entire attack surface, uh, you get redundancy because you might miss the, th- the threat coming in through one area, through one security tool, but you need to be able to catch it elsewhere in the attack chain. So by having this broad visibility, it gives us redundancy in terms of detection. It also gives us better accuracy. So once, once something gets detected, our security analysts have more points to look at in terms of their investigation to make their investigations more accurate and thereby we can re- obviously respond faster to contain the threat. And maybe just, just adding to that point, right, when we talk around that holistic broad visibility, if you've just got tools in place, it creates more complexity around what we spoke about earlier, skills challenges, because now I need people that are educated on every single one of these areas and understand and how do they talk to each other, which is where a lot of the times the challenges come in when it comes to security. Sounds like you guys are being paid to do the hard work that no one else really wants to do anyway and turn True. it into service. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. So something that's, uh, that, that piqued my interest, uh, I'm, I'm a huge motorsport fan, um, and I have seen the logo all over Max Verstappen's car, and, and I, I wondered if you could share, because um, it's quite an interesting story for me, as to what, what is Arctic Wolf even doing being associated with the, with the Formula One team? I'm sure a lot of our listeners are fans, and we often see logos on these vehicles mm-hmm. that we have no idea what they're doing. And uh, we, we now have an association with one. So I'd be really interested to hear your take on, on what's, uh, how Arctic Wolf has helped Red Bull. Yeah, so look, it's, it, I'm also a Red Bull fan and stuff, so it's, it's interesting. We had uh, some of our colleagues talking to Max Verstappen the other day. But the interesting thing around that is it's not just around a sponsorship. We're actually doing cybersecurity for them. And the, if you think about Red Bull, they're a technology company, right? They just move around the world and they, they race a car effectively. But they have a huge amount of trade secrets, a huge amount of data they need to process and they need to protect. So, and, and a lot of the time, these technology companies have, sorry, like a, a Formula One company doesn't have a big team. So they have the same challenges that most companies have, most corporates have. So we provide full holistic protection around the entire estate. But the benefit for them is that we have the ability to move around with them because they're a mobile operation. So providing protection of their 
key fundamental data, which is the lifeblood of their, their organization, and providing protection around that and making sure that we are investigating and trying to protect against threats for them. I suppose, yeah, that data really for them is their crown jewels. I mean, it's a, if anyone right. else gets hold of that, they'll understand exactly what it is that they're doing differently in their strategies. And and uh, and, and I, I'm sure in protecting that is absolutely critical. Actually, I, I read uh, the write-up that, um, that Arctic Wolf did on on this engagement and it was uh, i really like mark hazelton the chief security officer for for red bull his comments and and it ties in exactly with what you were saying he said that you know he we describe ourselves as a technology company with a formula one team mm. so effectively that's what they are i mean they, they have massive amounts of data to process and protect and the end result is that they hope to have a very competitive car you also said and i thought this is really this really rang true is that we that they've always been aware that they don't know what they don't know, and so if you aren't monitoring these, uh, you know, these these security events and uh, and making sure somebody's keeping an eye on it, uh, I suppose if you don't know what you don't know, there could there could be someone in there. And it's interesting that he talks around that because Andre and I've met with hundreds of customers in South Africa, and the amounts of customers that we talk to, and they go, "What are your biggest challenges?" And they'll go resources, they'll go too many tools, and I don't know what I don't know. And and we hear that a lot. So it's interesting that it comes from them as well. So it just shows you the link between what we've seen locally and internationally as well. It's the same challenges across the board. Um, I'd be interested to hear. I mean, that is a really great example of, of how a company like you can, can help a data company um, or a Formula One team for that matter. Uh, have you got some, some nice examples of, of South African problems that you've solved um, that are a little bit closer to home? Yeah, so I mean, the problems are, like I said, they're quite similar to what we're seeing overseas. But, um, and Andre probably knows quite a few of these as well, but the, the challenges that we're helping it, and we've seen a lot of with the customers locally is resources the biggest challenge, right? They're in that mid-market space, a lot of the customers we're talking to, we say to them, do you have a security team? And 80% of them roughly, no. Or they'll say, I've got my IT team and they do a bit of security, which is quite scary considering the, the amount of risk and attack that's happening in South Africa. I mean, we're in the top five most attacked countries in the world at the moment. Wow. So now you've got customers that have a couple of tools, but they don't necessarily have the right people. And it's not that they don't want the right people. To try and find the right people, number one, to try and retain that person are some of the biggest challenges. So that's probably the fundamental one that we see a lot of in South Africa. The other one we see is with customers that have been quite tactical, they've put in maybe an EDR solution, they've got a bit of firewall, and that's it. So they don't have this visibility or this 24 by 7 eyes on visibility. So those are, one of, those are a couple of the areas that we really starting to help some of the customers. And a lot of the time why customers have come across to us because they just don't have the right resources and the amount of people to actually look at this entire security practice that they have in the environment. And the, the other reason would also be compliance as well, specifically yes. in financial <laughs> services. You know, they've got requirements to be compliant with things like Popia. So we are GDP, GDPR compliant, we SOC 2 compliant as well, as well as ISO 27001. And that goes a long way, mm. specifically in the financial services sector. Uh, I'm glad you touched on that, Andre, because that's ex- exactly what my next question was. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I think that is a, that, that is a very uh, hot topic. You know, everyone is, is worrying, running around worrying about how their businesses can be productive, but they often are constricted by things like compliance and worrying about their security now sometimes reactively um, to adhere to compliance standards. So, so, so in your view, Arctic Wolf is, is something that can really help uh, achieve compliance standards like Papaya? Absolutely. So, so we are a, a key enabler to help an organization get to be compliant to some of those regulations. 
In fact, one of our customers is a financial services customer, specifically went with Arctic Wolf because we are SOC 2 compliant, mm. and that was one of the requirements that they had for their banking license. So that's a, a, a local financial company mm. engaged with an international security company and achieving their compliance. Well, they're an international company, but, oh, but okay. out of here. Yes. But I, I think to Andre's and where Andre's talking around is a lot of the time for companies, if they try and build themselves, it's very difficult to get those compliancy standards. And then when they... If they look at local a local provider, some of the time that's a requirement that they don't, they have a challenge with. So if you're starting to look at customers' information, starting to protect them, it becomes quite important to make sure that there's things like SOC 2 around data governance, uh, POPIA, GDPR. It becomes really, really important for requirements that the customer has if they need to adhere to some of these standards. But when you talk around compliance as well, is we have the ability to help almost provide the information for their compliancy requirements as well, right, okay. around the security and their security practice and that sort of thing. Like, for we example, in, uh, for the PCI compliance, PCI DSS, that's required in the payment card industry. And one of the requirements to be PCI compliant is to have a SIM tool of, so, of sort. With an Arctic Wolf service, there is no need for a SIM tool because all of the data, the telemetry data, gets aggregated into our cloud-native platform. So it takes away the requirement for a SIM. And how, how exactly are you accessing that data? Is it all API-driven? Is it agent-driven? Is it a combination of those things? It's a combination, combination. of the both, yeah. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, so I wanted to just touch a little bit around, a little bit more around um, the South African elements. Um, what's, uh, well, actually, firstly, let me ask a little bit more around, I mean, this to me, this is quite a new business. I haven't heard much about Arctic Wolf out there. Is it a new business? I mean, are you, are you just new around here, or is, how long has the business been around for? So Arctic Wolf's been around 12, 13 years. They started in the U.S., really honed their skills around the security operations in the U.S., launched in EMEA about two and a half years ago, and has really grown uh, astronomically across across the region. So, South Africa, we've been around for just over a year now, but it's it's not new, right? It's the same service that is delivered. We're just providing it from us in a South African context. We've expanded into Australia, so really across the board. Um, so the company's been around for many years, and all we're doing is we're just continuously improving the security operations that we can deliver to customers. Okay, fantastic. So what do you think from a South African perspective generally companies need to be doing differently? Is it, uh, you know, do you, do you feel like everyone's got their head in the sand and is not worrying about this? Uh, and, and, you know, how, how do they start? Yes, I think a lot of customers in South Africa, um, like we said previously, they are starting to look at it a bit more strategically. But for a lot of them, they don't know where to start. And a lot of them, they, they sit there and they go, right, I've got this tool, but what, where do I go next? The goal is making sure they partner with a company that has the ability to help guide them. It's not just around providing a 24 by 7 operation, protecting them. That's part of it. It's making sure that we help them define what they're doing, help them build a strategy around it, but then taking it a step further and saying to them, right, it's not just around the technology. It's also around how do we educate your extended staff, making them security savvy, enabling them to understand what to look for. And that's really where... We work very closely to make sure that we help customers go on that journey and get on that security journey because I think that's the hardest part for a lot of them is actually what do we do? Okay, I think that's really interesting. So maybe, Andrew, you can dive into a little bit more around what you're doing for people inside of organizations around their security posture. 
I think that you know, I think we can have all the technology we want, but I th- but very often it's the human element that creates these risks. What's Arctic Wolf doing in in that posture area? So as we mentioned before, it's around that concierge security okay. team, those two named resources that we pair with each client, and those resources essentially become an extension of the customer's team. They're named resources, and we deliver those resources out of the time zone wherever our, our customers reside. So the concierge security team, they handle the strategic side of security. They're responsible for that security journey. That security journey is mapped to the NIST cybersecurity framework. So they do the majority of the heavy lifting and rolling out that NIST cybersecurity framework into the organization. So each organization has a tailored security journey based on their business. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I think the, that's probably what I've seen certainly uh, is, is it's without services like that, you really just have layers. And the layers, uh, without people doing the right things around it, that's often where the security can, can, uh, risk can be presented. Um, what would you say is your is your sort of I know there's no silver bullet, but what is it that's really the the, the biggest question right now that Arctic Wolf can help companies with in South Africa, so that our listeners can take that away and and consider that if this is something that they worry about, uh, Arctic Wolf's the company that can help them. For me, it's about helping them build efficiency in their cybersecurity strategy okay. and their cybersecurity spend, for that matter. It's making sure helping customers integrate with what they have, so not just replacing with what they've got, integrating with what they've got. But the value that we bring to them is this global intelligence, the value, like Andre said, of data. So provide that global intelligence for each individual customer and then wrapping it with that concierge team that is helping guide them around along that journey. That's, for me, is, is probably where we see a lot of value for customers. And, and it's about making the existing security tools effective at the Correct. end of the day. And Absolutely. optimizing them. Yeah. And in some cases, you know, customers that have come on board to an article of service start to reevaluate the existing security tools for value. Mm. And they might not necessarily be required. Because what happens when an organization experiences some form of security incident, the knee-jerk reaction is to rush out and buy the next greatest security tool to protect them in that area of weakness. And obviously that results in security tool sprawl, complexity, you don't have the resources to manage and maintain and support these tools. So the tools themselves are just not effective because from an operational perspective, they're not being managed and supported correctly. I said off that whole old adage, once the horse is bolted, then you go and close the barn door. And uh, that's often not, not enough. Do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's no surefire way to fully protect yourself. And, and every one of these things that companies need to do is one further step towards mitigating risk. But, um, you know, ultimately, do you think that, that, there's, that customers are still, well, what happens if someone is compromised and Arctic Wolf is involved? How, 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 how can you help? Yeah, so there's two aspects to it. There's the aspect of us monitoring the environment, understanding the risk, and provided guided remediation, automated remediation around that. But there's certain instances where the customer has been hit by a ransomware attack, for instance. They come in in the morning and have no idea what to do. This is when we start talking about full incident response, which we can help customers with as well. And their goal is to get the business systems up and running as quickly as possible. So the, some of the things that they work with customers on is how do they help them rebuild their disks or their environment, do digital forensics, do ransomware negotiations. All these sort of things are really, really important. It's about making sure you've got the balance between proactive and reactive aspects around your security strategy. And that's where you've got to make sure that when you start looking at cybersecurity, I always use the terminology that being proactive is a lot more cost effective than being reactive but you've got to have both. 
because exactly like you said, there's never a silver bullet for things. So there's certain ways that you've got to make sure that you've got that reactive aspect of it as well. Okay, I suppose you've got to plan for those those eventualities. I mean, it's in in some way an organisation as these threat vectors become you know mature and and also adapt. Mm. Um, uh, there's always a risk of a compromise. Correct. Um, fantastic. So, um, I, I'm, what I'm taking out of this as well is effectively for small organisations, this you can provide a CISO as a service or a, a CSO as a service type role and oversee the, all the security and compliance operations uh, inside of an organisation. Is that? Yes, we don't really provide a CISO as a service role. Um, I think the the goal is that we provide concierge. For a lot of uh, companies, the CISO is more a strategic aspect inside the business, whereas we're providing the holistic protection around that business. So we'll work very closely with a CISO. But in some instances where you've got a smaller company or a smaller customer, they don't necessarily need a, a CISO or security person. They can have somebody that's really an admin that is really running through the tasks that we're working with them around the security strategy. I don't know if you've got any additional no, sort of comments I agree with that that 100%, sure. Okay, so it's, it's going to augment any business. Mm. In fact, all it's going to do is is really help. And and, and like, you said, like you said earlier, do a lot of the heavy lifting yep. the organizations probably don't necessarily either want to or even understand how to. Correct. So our service offering can plug into the, the very small organizations that are not technology savvy, that mm. don't have IT skills at all. And we can also plug into the, the more mature organization that have an IT security staff or center of some sort, but just can't do the 24 by 7 monitoring. So we can augment mm. um, customers. Are we talking to a customer that's 14 users, for example? Right? Oh, wow. So okay. very small. It's All the way up to customers one. that are 5,000 users, 10,000 users. So it's really dependent on their requirements and what are their challenges. And is it quite modular? They can choose which, which pieces of the offering that, that they, they want. And the smaller guy might take everything because it, they don't have any of their own capabilities, but larger, large organizations can just use pieces that they need. Yeah, so it is modular. Um, but what you do get wrapped around everything is that concierge service is included in all the, the different modules. Where a lot of customers focus is more around that managed detection response piece, which is really the fundamental piece that a lot of them look at first, and then they start adding on the others potentially later on. Fantastic. Let's talk about partners quickly. South Africa has got a very rich partner ecosystem, and a, and a lot of these small organizations rely very heavily on their, on their, their infrastructure or technology partner uh, to help them with these sort of things and decisions. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you working closely with partners locally and, and helping them as well uh, augment what they're doing for their customers? Yeah, so we're 100% channel business. We work very closely with uh, a couple of partners and really strategic partners in South Africa. The goal for us is to make sure that we are building out an ecosystem that adds value to our business and the customer. So we have a few uh, partners that we work very closely with, make sure they understand where what the customer's challenges are, and then we work with them with that customer. The key thing for us is when a customer comes onto the service, we work directly to make sure the customer is secure with the partner in tow and supporting it. Fantastic. So ultimately also helping the partner deliver a better service. Correct. Fantastic. So That's... a lot of, sorry, and just on that, like we've got some partners that are actually starting to wrap their own services around our service. Okay, fantastic. Um, into the customer's environment. I think that's probably, you know, uh, one of the most expensive things I think I could, <laughs> that a partner might have to go through is trying to set up their own SOC from scratch now. Yeah. So I suppose this is similar to, to the way the data centers have gone. A lot of companies potentially invested in their own data centers along the way, but now it's far better to 
to outsource that to a white label data center that's doing all those things inside the data center really well. Um, and and SOC as a service, or SOC um, uh, as far as Arctic Wolf goes, is that you see do you see that being a similar play? It, yeah, exactly. The 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 goal of it is not to reinvent the wheel, right? Um, we've built a defined security operations service and technology around that, and then we have the resources that help support that, and that's really really key for if you're trying to build this yourself or trying to invest in it. It's a very very costly exercise, right? The other thing is that it's making sure we've built and we found the balance between an artificial intelligence and human intelligence and providing the balance around that. I mean, you always talk around this balance between technology, people, and process. And that's really what we're defining and delivering as part of that security operations. Fantastic. And nobody builds a data center anymore. They all use yeah. a co-location facility. So customers need to focus on what they're good at. Exactly. And let the experts deliver Correct. security operations for them. Yeah, and I think that's you know that really rings true, and, and and I think being a small business owner myself, that's it's exactly the kind of thing that that I would want in my in my business. Focus on what I'm good at and what the company's good at, but let you know, let the experts take care of the rest. It's also it, go, it goes a, and it, it goes a little bit further than that sometimes. For a lot of companies, it's about having somebody that is checking that they're doing the right things, right? So you're not marking your own homework. Or like a, from that aspect is somebody is making sure that they're checking everything for you and providing that intelligence back to you. And that's where a lot of organizations also look at that external service just to provide them that value back to the business. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's really, it's, it's a really fantastic signing product. And uh, I congratulate you guys on your success so far in, in the country and, and globally. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's great to see uh, to see to see technologies like this coming to market. Um, uh, yeah, I'd like to thank you both for joining us here. I don't know if there's any closing comments from you, if uh, uh, but otherwise, yeah, we're happy to to wrap up. Yeah, Sabrina, firstly, thanks for having us. Um, it's been really great. I think just a closing comment from me is is really just our two customers saying there's a different way of doing things, and there there are people here to help them, so they're not alone in this journey, right? So a lot of I think a lot of customers sit and go, I don't know what to do. Where do I start? is working with a partner that actually helps them enrich and, and add value to their security environment, that's really, really important. It's not about a tool, it's about a partnership and how do we help customers through that journey. That's extremely important for us. Fantastic, thank you. Andrew. Perfect, thanks for having us.